we're going to talk about the thrill of hope. And how many of you know that we all need hope? And, um, you know, and in Advent, when, and really what I'm going to talk about, the King has come today. Last week I talked a little bit about, you know, just... Uh, just the busyness of Christmas and how three people miss the busy, you know, what, how, you know, the, we know that the innkeeper missed Jesus. He missed Christmas because he was just busy. And we talked about our own lives being busy. We talked about King Herod, that he was just too fearful when he heard that, you know, his name was King of the Jews. Herod was given that title and he heard that a king was being born and he was fearful. And we know that he was not only fearful, but prideful. And then he went out and did what he did. And then we talked about the last the last person was the religious the religious leaders. They were just so familiar with with the story that actually they were Jesus was actually born five miles from Jerusalem, and, and just how they could have investigated, how they could have gone and did that, but they just avoided that. And so this morning, you know, we're in the Advent series, and it's all about waiting with anticipation. How I many you know that all of us want a visitation from God? How I many you want a visitation? You know, you have to have an expectation to have a visitation. And I know that, that uh, as a pastor, sometimes I when I've preached, I've just go, God. They need a new preacher. They just need a new preacher because, you know what, I don't want to be in the flesh. I don't want to. And so I have to go and I have to get in the presence of God, just like your own pastor does. And sometimes you have a new pastor every Sunday. Did you realize that? Because that flesh, that, that, that person died, and all of a sudden you got a new preacher because he's touched by God. Amen? And that's the kind of guy that I want to be. I want to be fresh. I want to be new. It's like the old bread commercial, but it's not fresh. It's not worth it. Amen? And, uh, you know, there's, there's a line, there's a, a, a place in Hawaii where they built, they, they bake this bread, and people start gathering the night before because at night it's served in the next morning because the bread is so good. You just got to have some and they can't even ship it because it just takes away from the essence of what really the bread is like. And, you know, can you imagine? Have you ever been places where you just go, man, I got to get me some of that? Same way. I got to get me some of that. You know, and, and it's like what we want and what I desire is that you just be fresh in the Lord. Amen. And because we don't want to we don't have flesh and, and attitudes and things like that. How many of you have ever just walked with a bad attitude and thought that everything was going to be OK? It's like my son the other day goes, man, you know, I was. Now, he was in Crowley because, you know, I, I, was, I found this great book. It's one of the best books that's transformed my life. I actually stole it from my dad's shelf. And I go, son, let me tell you something. Don't ever tell the crowd you stole a book from your daddy because anointing leaves you right when you steal. Now, I don't know if you might. If you borrow anything, that's fine. But, you know, the thing is, is that over the next few weeks, Pastor Jamie, myself, we're going to talk about some things and we're going to talk about hope. We're going to talk about peace and we're going to talk about joy. Amen. How I many you know we all need those things? You know, we need the peace that passes all understanding. We need the joy that is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And so, you know, today I want to talk to you about hope. Say when we say hope. You know, how many of you love Christmas carols? Come on. Last night, the, the Jennings, we had the Christmas parade. We had to have two trailers full of people and kids. And it, it was it was it was great. It was the best. The weather was perfect. It was the biggest crowd. My little girl was in the first uh, float and she goes, Daddy, all the girls. And that's how girls are. She goes, all of us girls, we got all of our candy. And we put it in one big thing together. You know, boys are like, that's my candy. You know, I'm gonna throw, you know, and and, uh, and she says, Daddy. We started throwing the candy, and, and, and then right when it was getting to the end, we ran out. You know, girls, they were just, we ran out. And, and she goes, and then she goes, we, and, I, and all of a sudden, I had a good idea. I go, what was your idea? She goes, we all went, and we went, and we got in the float, and we started picking up all the candy people dropped that were throwing on the floor in the float. And so at the end, we didn't run out. We were able to have, throw candy to people, you know. It's one of those moments she's just sitting with me talking and just didn't stop talking, you know. And so I got the, you know, and it's like, but, you know, as we were doing the float, they had music playing from our float. I mean, it was loud and people were dancing and singing the songs of Christmas carols and stuff. And how many of you love that song, Oh, Holy Night? You know, the, the crazy thing, do you know that our Oh, Holy Night was was actually written in the mid 1800s by a man that didn't even know the Lord? When he didn't even know the Lord. And, and there's a phrase in that song that I want us to I want us to look at what speaks about hope. And there, there's a phrase, a thrill of hope that uh, a, a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices for yonder breaks 
a new and glorious morn. You don't want me to sing, but that's just, that's the phrase. And you see, here are two words that I, I that accurately describe our world today. And I think about it that where our world is at, it's just a weary world. It's a weary world. What do you mean, Pastor? There's so much anxiety. There's so much fear. What's happened in San Bernardino this week? There's fear. There, there's anxiety. There are people that are like, I've even had people pass. We need to start having guys packing in the back. You know, well, I'm packing Jesus. So, you know, and he, but I have guys that are that are ex-military and they I, I'm sure they're packing all the time. And uh, but, you know, we live in it and we look at you look at our economy. How I many you know that our economy, you know, is not where it needs to be? You know, not only that, relationships are some People have jacked up relationships with people and it's just, a, it's weary. You know, sometimes when I've had, I'm just kind of, can I be brutally honest this morning? Just sometimes when I've had people call me, I look and I go, this is going to be a long phone call. You ever had that? I'm not sure I understand. You don't need to. <laughs> and, uh, and so series came on saying, I'm sure I don't understand. But the most important thing is. See, the world just doesn't understand. Series doesn't even understand. I just think so many people today relate to that phrase, just weary world. You know, but but what I love about the song, it says there's a thrill of hope. And see, imagine the chaos on Holy Night. There's a thrill of hope that the Messiah would be born. You know, there's a thrill of hope. And suddenly the weary world does what? The weary world rejoices. You know, I pray that if if there's a weary world in you and you that you will experience a thrill of hope and find faith to rejoice. Why? Why, Pastor Baba? Because men in chaos of this night, there was a new and glorious morning. You know, and you see, let, let's focus on new and glorious morning. You know, I want to go back to the Old Testament in the book of Lamentations. And this is in the year is 586 before B.C., before Christ. And G- Jerusalem has fallen. It's been run over. And what's happened, people are distraught. And you can't even imagine what they're going through. None of us can. That'd be like someone coming in. An invading army comes in the unit and takes everything. All, they plunder your house. They take everything of value. They may take your wife or your daughter. They, may de- they just destroy everything. Can you imagine? We can't even imagine. That's never happened here in America where a town has just been ripped apart. And everything that you 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 liked or just possessions that you that you counted dear to yourself, things that were passed down generation to generation or or whatever it would be. It's been and all of a sudden these people in distraught. And the prophet Jeremiah, he's lamenting. He's just he's just he's writing down his thoughts. And what's happened, he's hurting along with everybody else that pours out their heart. And this is what he says in Lamentations three, verses twenty through twenty six, and I'll read. He says, I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet I stare, I, I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness and his mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, have you ever had to talk to yourself once in a while? Come on, have you ever said self? Or you put your name in there and hey, it's time to stop this. You ever had that? Okay, are you good? And he said, I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. He's talking to himself. The Lord's my, he's reminding himself. That the Lord is good to those who depend upon him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. I want to show you three truths this morning that can bring a thrill of hope to your weary world. When you're just weary, when you're tired, when you've given up hope, when, you know, I mean, it's, it's so bad. Your dog looks at you and you go, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. You know, I mean, you know, just or, or, you know, you just try to avoid things. And so the first thing I want to talk, I'm going to talk about three things. I want to talk about your need. I want to talk about finding hope and I want to talk about you finding help. That you really need. And this morning, the first thing is a new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. What do you mean, Pastor? Now, I don't say what I want because that, you know, what we what you need and what you want are sometimes totally two different things. I mean, I'm talking about. 
I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. Say in him. You see, how many of you know every now and then you just have to talk to yourself and preach to yourself some truth? Listen, I've walked around and I've been I've I've walked down. Can I have you ever had those mornings where just it's just nothing turns out the way you want it to? You get out of bed, you trip over your slipper. You try to find your robe. It's inside out because the way you left it the night before. You go and you and, and you realize they had a rainstorm and all the electronics, the breaker went off. You know what I'm talking about? And then you go and I have a favorite chair. And then sometimes if I don't put a Bible or a book in my cat is in my chair and cats are from the devil. Just this plate. Let's just say it like it is. I mean, you I've had people send me pictures and things like that. You don't need no. Anyway. But I'm just saying, and I mean, it's like, and you just go, oh, man. And that's what you just have to say is this. You know what? Today, my hope is in the Lord. My hope's in the Lord. And that's where you just got to sometimes you go, you know, you know how many know that we live in the most blessed country in the whole world? But we've become the most ungrateful people in the whole world. For what God has blessed us with. And sometimes because we become unthankful, we, we forget what God has blessed us with. Aren't you glad you have clothes to wear? You know, I've been to places where they have clothes to wear, but there's no closet to pick anything else out. Because what they own is on their back. There's not sometimes there's no shoes and sometimes there's one shoes and whatever they wear. I was in Haiti one time, and I, I remember one of the first times I was there with Sister Dula, and she's gone on to be with the Lord, and she started orphanages in Haiti. She started when she was 63, and she went on to be with the Lord when she was 83. You know what I mean? That's when she started. And through that, churches and boys have, have scholarships to Duke University that are being doctors. And Just because one woman had hope, what God had told her. And I remember my suitcase, and... When I was about to leave in the Lord, and I saw a little guy, and I had these shoes that I really liked. The Lord just said, you know what? And I saw a little boy. I was looking out the window, and, like before I was leaving, and, and I said, and I felt like the Lord said, you have so much. I remember I went back with an empty suitcase. I gave him those shoes. He kissed the shoes. I kissed them goodbye, and he kissed them hello. No, serious. I'm not, I mean, it wasn't like, how I many you know sometimes possessions have us you know what i'm saying and i could just remember and see you know it's like you know every time you know we've got to realize you know what the lord is my inheritance you know some of the translations portion what does it mean it's likely to referring back to the time when god would provide the israelites manna every day when they woke up wouldn't that be great to have breakfast every day mama and you didn't have to cook it You know, every day when you awake, God would give them exactly enough food for that day. Just enough. The good news is God is already in your tomorrow. He's preparing a place right now for you to face tomorrow. You see, he he has everything you need for tomorrow. Say it say with me, say tomorrow. tomorrow. Whatever it brings. Whatever, if your marriage is struggling, God is in your tomorrow waiting for you. And he, he, he has everything your marriage needs. But sometimes that means you need to sit around someone and let them speak into your marriage. Sometimes that means that you just gonna need, you need to be brutally honest where you're at and, wh- and where your mate's at. How many of you I'm talking about? And sometimes there needs to be forgiveness. And I believe this, the most mature person in your marriage, the first one is willing to say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Listen, nothing's going to change if you use the silent method. Nothing's going to change if you don't talk to them. Nothing's going to change if you avoid the situation. It's only going to get worse. And that's where you got to go, God, I don't know how to fix this thing, but I give it to you. I don't know. 
I mean, Jamie's a product of prayer. I'm a product of prayer. Many of you are products of people that just got together and they didn't know what to do with you. Are you hearing me? They didn't know what to do with you, but what they did do is say, I don't know what I can do, but I need to go to the Lord because I don't know what to do. How many of you got a knothead husband, a child, a product? Don't raise your hand. Okay. That you know that you got to pray for and believe God for. Don't give it away, please. Just pray. Don't you know, that's him right here. I've been praying right for my moment. You know, if you're weak today, God is already into you tomorrow. And his strength is made perfect. And the Bible says, in your weakness. In your weakness. You know, I was hunting with, I was hunting with my pastor and my son, Luke, and uh, a good friend of mine, Kevin Cook, a businessman. And uh, we got invited to go to this outfitter to go hunt. I'm not going to say the city because you might know him. And... And, like, we've been doing really well at our goose place. I mean, every, I mean, they had their limit of specs by 810 yesterday morning. And we're getting a You know, they're texting us. And we're just like, what is going on? We hadn't even fired a shot. And then, I, and then they give you a break. And I'll go over there. And, you know, and it's like, it's kind of rough. You know, and it's like, you know what I'm talking about? Just, you ever have been to a place where it's just rough? And you're going, Luke's going, Dad, we've never hunted like this. I go, I know, shut up. Be thankful we're here. And one of the guys, Pastor Jake was, man, God, Kevin looks at me and goes, I've never heard a call like that. And neither have I. I still don't know if it's a growback between a growback and a crow, but it don't sound like a speck of belly goose. And you just go, you know, you ever get in those moments where you're just like, what am I doing here? See, if you're down, you're depressed, he's already in your tomorrow. What do you mean, Pastor Brian? He is your joy. He is the, he is, he is the lifter. He's, the Bible says he's the glory and the lifter of your head. Last week, Zach was telling me at the end of the service, a lady had come to Crowley for the first time. And he was preaching about hope. And he talked about, he used the story of, uh, of Ruth. And just how there was hope. And the lady came at the end of the service. They prayed for her. And he said, Daddy, she began to weep. And she said, she said, you don't know this pastor, but I just lost. She just lost her husband. She lost a son. If you know the story of Ruth. And she, I came here today and I lost all hope. And I came and said, if I just go to that church over there in that theater, I don't know what they're doing in there. But maybe I can find hope. And all of a sudden, as they begin to pray for her, I mean, she, Zach said, Dad, she just wept and she gave her heart to Jesus right there. And she just left a totally different person. She goes, I know God sent me here to find hope in him today. Isn't that good? That just happened down the road. Those, happen, those things happen here. You see, a new day with Christ always brings exactly what you need. Not what you want. You know what you need? Look at me. His presence. I don't need to transfer my religious papers somewhere else. I need God's presence. You know, his strength. I need his power. I need his goodness every day. And see, if I start griping and complaining and letting my thing that my surroundings get to me, I'm not going to go anywhere. Are you hearing me? And that's where you got to come to the Lord and say, God, I need you today, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what people have said, no matter what my story's been. That You know what? Just because that's my past, that doesn't have to be my future. God, you have a hope and a design and a plan and, and a blessing around the other corner for my future. Amen. And aren't you glad you're not where you used to be? But God has a destination for where he wants to take you to be. The second thing is a new day with Christ brings the hope. To keep going. It's not kind of like it's not kind of like that little train. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. But it's it's lamentation is the Lord is good. Remember this, God's good. He says to those who depend on Him, to those who search for Him. We as people, you know what? You can live forty days without food. Somebody go, not this rice boy. 
Okay, you can live 40 days without food. You can live eight days without water. You can live. You can't live but four minutes without oxygen. But we can only live a few seconds without hope. See, I believe there's too many people today putting their hope in the wrong places. How many put your hope in some things before and it just didn't pan out the way you wanted it to? Or you thought, man, this is the big break. This is the moment. This is the time. I mean, it's all going to happen right here. It's going to, yeah, today is my day. And you put all your stock, you put all your trust in that, only be deflated, only be defeated. See, right, you know, right now, if you put your money in the stock market, you're probably not doing too well. You know, because interest rates are fixing to go up. I mean, if you like to read things like that, they're fixing to go up. Right now, if you need to get some negotiating for your bank and things like that for, you know, to refinance some things, now's the time to do it because after the beginning of the year, it's going up. Just I'm just giving you a hint. I'm just trying to help you out, all right? And they say, put your hope. How many of you put your hope in a company? How about all the oil field workers? Baby, we hit the jackpot. Keep drilling, baby. Keep drilling. Now I talk to businessmen that have a lot of influences. Man, it's not even until 2017 we're gonna. And I, I don't want to place depression on anybody here, but that's what a lot of talk is. Doesn't mean that's when it's gonna be. And there's a whole lot of things if you want to know the Saudis and fracking and what they wanted, and you know people are losing money in their in their own economies across the country. We could talk about all that. That's another time. You know, there's all those variables, but. Put your hope in a company and they may just let you down. How I many you know what I'm talking about? You put your hope in another person and they might not come through for you. Can I just tell you something? If you hang out with me long enough or Pastor Jamie long enough, we're going to disappoint you. That's the truth. It's the truth. See, when you put your hope in the wrong places, we start to end up being hopeless and we become weary of this world. That we wonder what is anything good? Because hope our hope's in the wrong place. In the book of Hebrews is a scripture in chapter 10, in verse 23, and it says this let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Listen what it says, without look listen, without wavering. You see, for he who promised says this is Faithful. He's faithful. How many of you ever made a promise and you really wanted to say what it was? And, and then some of you, you made a promise and you really didn't keep the promise. Don't raise your hand because I won't tell you any promises. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? It's just like burning. Oh, got to say it. Ooh, I, and then when it's said, I knew that before. See, too many people are holding on to the truth of God. And, and, and they're. And when we're hang, they're, they're not ha- holding on to the truth of God. And they're, they're, they're hanging on all to the lies of the one, the enemy, that speaks to you. You know what I'm talking about? The Bible, this one says, this is a lamp unto our feet. I think I have a little light in my truck right now. I put it on my, my visor. And when I'm getting ready to go hunting in the morning, I turn that little thing on and it brings light. And I can see everything. But when I turn it off, it's dark. You understand me? When you open this book, it's the light. What you've been, what you couldn't see, what was hiding from your eyesight, all of a sudden begins to go, wait a minute. Wow. And I've learned this. The, mo- the closer you get to God, the more he begins to open his word to you. It's just like in a marriage. The closer you get, the more you lay your life down, the more you sacrifice, the more you speak truth to each other. All of a sudden, things you didn't know about each other. You begin to share those things. See, my wife, we've been married 31 years. Wow. That's awesome. That's God. Believe me, it's God. Because we've never talked about divorce. Now, I've thought about murder once or twice. I really have. Because there's no way out but the grave. Are you hearing me? But because what's happened is because we've been open, we've communicated, and we've been real with each other. And sometimes real don't mean it doesn't feel good. I mean, I'm talking about that, being real. And you have those awkward moments and you're just one, you're sitting there and they're talking and you're going, oh, God, I don't want to be in this room right now. You ever have those thoughts? Come on, anybody? Come on. Can, can we just be real? 
You know, oh, praise the Lord. Brother, you are just not even, you don't even, no, you don't know. (laughs) But it's those moments where I'm just going, and I want to say something, because I don't like for other people to talk too long. But I expect them to listen to me. Can I just be real? Anybody? Come on, you feeling you feeling it? All right. And then there's times when I'm just sitting there and then, and I know she's telling me the truth. And I don't like it. I hate it. I'm looking. I mean, I'm thinking, I got to go to the bathroom. You know, I've used that excuse. No, no, you always do that. No, 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 no. You know, oh, that's out. But it's those moments when I ask God, God, change me. Help me to be a better husband. Help me to be a better father. Help me to be a better pastor. Sometimes I have those moments. The truth comes. Just like I said at the beginning. We need a sign around our neck says, tell me the truth. Can you know, I mean, we ought to just have a sign. Can someone just be real with me and tell me the truth? Because you know what the sad thing is? When you're religious, you're concerned about, well, I might hurt their feelings. When you need to see, what is this measure to eternity? I've had some of the most precious mothers in the church come to me at different times in my life and just speak the truth in love. Just in love. They've... And it's not a critical thing, but it's been a good thing. And they've also encouraged me. I went and did a funeral a while back. Mr. Joyce, Mr. Joyce Etienne, you know, Miss Joyce. I did a, a funeral uh, for Kenneth Letchworth that actually he was invalid. In his, and I baptized him with a glass of water in his wheelchair. Okay. I mean, Miss Jean Letchworth, she just loves Jesus. The first time I ever met her, she was smoking a cigarette and she had a beer. She was drinking a beer. And I asked her if she would be interested in selling her building to be a church. She goes, I don't, who are you? And now she sits right behind me. because you my pastor. <laughs> Just God. Just God. Miss Joyce looks at me one day after the funeral. She said, pastor. Mm-hmm. She goes, whatever you said in that funeral, I want you to say at my funeral. And she looks at me, she goes, and wear that suit. That's a nice suit, pastor. What we need sometimes is, is just the exact opposite. Let go of fear. Let go of anxiety. Because sometimes those are things we want to hold on to. And God is constantly trying to, no, I'm the glory and the lifter of your head. The spirit of fear doesn't come from God. The spirit of confusion doesn't come from God. It's not the spirit of God. The spirit of God is truth. It's strength. It's power. Amen? And see, and, and what happens is, and it's a, it don't let that, and, and, and don't let stress get to you. Sometimes that's hard to think about that. But let go of doubt and hold on to the hope that we profess. You see, don't lose hope. I'm going to stay, stay here for, I'm going to stay right here on this hope thing just for a moment. Because see, I just want to say, because there's someone who needs to hear this. Don't let go of hope. Don't let go, though. Don't give up. Don't surrender. Don't cash it in. Don't give up. This is a new day. I'm telling you, a new day in Christ can change everything. Just hope. I might have said it, but I'll say it again. I sat in my, in my chemo chair three years ago. And I knew the Lord had spoken to me. And a businessman in our, and one of our campuses called me and he goes, PB. That's Pastor Bubba for short. Man, I just, you know, and I just been praying and I was kind of like, man, we're supposed to build this new sanctuary. How are we going to do it? And in Jenny's, because I mean, they're in two services packed, blah, blah, blah. And what happened is just like, God, I mean, you know, just, and he called me and he said, you know what? God spoke to me. Isn't it good when God speaks to people? And he said, whatever y'all need, I'll give you six weeks to raise whatever you need, and I'll match dollar for dollar if you take to build the sanctuary. And I was on the phone. I mean, and I go, I need seven weeks, not six. He goes, okay, okay, no problem. And you know what? 
We raised $86,500 in seven weeks. Give the Lord a hand. Okay? Now, listen. It wasn't like, you know, we got this plan. We got this thing. It was like, hey, this is what's happened. Dollar for dollar, whatever. I had one guy, he totaled up, I know what I'm going to give from Tide for the rest of the year. So he gave it all. You know what I'm saying? People just stepped out in faith. But I remember getting that check. We'd gathered 86 out, but I like getting that big old check. I still have a picture of it. $86,500. And I was like, can I just tell you something? It wasn't a check. This is God. God just breathed. And people stepped out in faith. We had hope. Amen? And sometimes we need, listen, the greatest gift God can give you sometimes is the people that he's put in your life. Even the annoying worker that works with you. They could be sent from God himself. Because guess what? Sometimes we don't like the message because of the package it comes in. But God never sends a message message with an empty envelope. I promise you that. And see, there's a new day coming. And the third and final thing, a new day with Christ brings the help that you're seeking. You see, it's one thing to know this. I have a need. How many know we all have needs? It's not about our greed. It's about our needs. And then we also, we know that we need hope. But in order to have that hope, we need help. Say it when we say, I need help. We all need help. You see, the new day with Christ brings the help that you're seeking. Lamentation. It's good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It's amazing the difference that one day with Christ can make. A moment with Christ can make. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? Lazarus in the New Testament, think about it, had been dead for four days. He was so dead, he was smelling bad. Okay? That's dead. Four days. Everyone had given up hope. How I many you know, you know... Mamet is in the, she's buried. Okay. Now, can I just say, I've been around people that have prayed for people and they've raised from the, the coffin. Okay. I mean, literally, that's, I mean, they were dead. There's dead and there's dead. Dead is mean like you dead. It don't matter if you put a roost Chris steak or whatever the local steak place, it don't matter if you put it under the nose, they ain't smelling nothing. Are you, you hearing me? Okay? And, and they prayed for people, and it wasn't them, it was God that did that. Are you hearing me? But God told them, I want you to go pray for them. You imagine, you know what I mean? You go, what's the name of the funeral home over here? Right here. Ardwes? Okay. That'd be like God's going to go to Ardwes. And Tikkun that's in the grave, that's in the coffin, go pray for him. Lord, no way. I had a guy in our church. He was driving down the highway and the Spirit of God spoke to him. Pull over. There's someone important you're supposed to help out. And he saw the car and he goes, nah, he just pulled in. Then he gets, then I'm on the phone with his boss, Denny. And I go, Denny, can y'all go help? And Cody goes, I saw the car. The Lord told me to go stop to them. I'm supposed to, you know. So it was Pastor Tim Delina. He had had a blowout on the side of the car and the Lord spoke to him. And he he just said, he said, Pastor Bubba, I knew the the Lord spoke to me. I said, son, go and sin no more for all your sins have been forgiven. Yours all. When the Lord speaks to you, do it. Because, you know, we're looking for the right circumstances. You know what I mean? We're like looking, I could tell you stories when God's spoken to me about things. Jamie's been, we went, I mean, just literally God spoke to him. And it's like, it's not because I eat pizza, because, you know, I pray, God, I want to hear your voice. And sometimes when you hear God's voice, it doesn't mean it's always comfortable what you're going to have to do. I went to a guy one time and I was, my truck broke down and went to a, at a hotel. I went in and he was fixing to commit adultery with, on his wife. And the Lord told me to go tell him he was fixing to commit adultery. How would you like that one? I mean, he's on his, he's in his car in his Jeep, a white Coman, Comanche Jeep. He's like this. And I knock on his window. <laughs> and he's like, because he'd already checked in and all this. I was looking, I was playing Never mind, it's too long. Trust me. 
And he goes, what do you need? He goes, yeah, what do you need? I said, uh, God, you know, the one in the Bible, he told me to tell you that he knew that you were fixed to commit adultery on your wife and you know, walk away from this and abstain this. He'd be with you. And that's all he told me to say. That's all. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's it. And I don't see anything about any of y'all. That's young. Oh, wow. Not let Pastor Bubba pray for me. You know, just. Can you imagine Jesus shows up? He looks at the stone, looks into the grave of Lazarus. And says, Lazarus, get up, buddy. Come forth. I've heard preachers say the reason he said Lazarus because he said come forth. Everybody had been coming out of graves. He walks out. Lazarus would say it's amazing the difference that one day with Christ can make. There was a woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. Was suffering with the issue of blood. One day she sees Jesus and she just touches it. I just touched the hem of his garment. You know the story. I'll be made whole. It's, a, it's amazing what one day when you stretch out your faith towards him, what it can do in your life. What Christ can do. I have a guy right now, Jesse, that just, I mean, one day he was, he and his wife were fixing to split up, get divorced, all that stuff. He found out he had cancer, went and did a treatment. We prayed for him because he was scared. Sometimes God uses situations that scare the H-E double hockey sticks out of you. Do you go, I need God now. I don't care what everybody, but, but there's just, how many of you know, we all need those wake up moments sometimes. Oh, and literally he was like, y'all pray for him. And I remember we just went over there. Lord, we just prayed that you would touch him and heal him. We didn't go come out delivering God, you know, we weren't doing all that. We just said, Lord, touch him, heal him. We went to the doctor. God healed him. It's a different. It's amazing what one day will do. And now him and his wife have reconciled are right with God and right with each other. And now they're both serving in the church. It's a diff- It's amazing what one day with Jesus will do. I remember when your pastor got touched. I remember when he got filled with the Holy Spirit. It's amazing what one day will do. I remember he was there. He was like, he looked like a scared chicken going to that meeting. He was like big old Baptist boy. What are we going to do over here? With, you know? And all of a sudden, man, God, the spirit of God, brother Keith prayed over him and the spirit of God. I mean, literally he was on his face. And when he got up, there was snot with tears. All I'll just tell you, just all mixed up. I mean, that's a big man to get all that. I mean, it was just, it was like a puddle. And I had one of the guys that used to be in there. He moved. Jamie May goes, I think he's drunk, Pastor. I mean, he was just so lit. That one moment made a total difference in Pastor Jamie's life. And because of that one moment, his marriage changed. That his daughter can get up here and sing. I was, I was watching Virginia. The first time I ever met Virginia, she was nine or ten months old. And I'm looking at her and I go, you know, it's amazing when you let God make a difference one day in your life, what God will do in your children. Because it's not about just you. It's about the generation that comes after you. It's amazing when you make one decision, one moment, what it can do in your life. That one moment that my grandmother had enough and she said, that's it. She started praying for me. God, she started calling me at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning before they had cell phones. I literally, literally, I would walk into my apartment and the phone would be ringing. Ring, ring, ring. I go, who's calling me at 2.30 in the morning? The first time it happened, who is that? I go, hello? She goes, boy, that's what she used to call me, boy. Boy, where have you been? The Holy Ghost woke me up. He did? The Lord, I've been praying and she started quoting scripture to me. And I'm like, oh, golly. And I remember going to bed at night. Lily, Lily, I promise you, I'd go to bed at night in my apartment and I'd sit there. And I remember going, I couldn't sleep. But I remember one thing she always told me. 
She said, when you get afraid, you don't know what to do. Plead the blood of Jesus. I wasn't even saved, not even close to being saved. And I remember every night I go, I plead the blood. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. And I literally felt the presence of God come in the room. I felt his presence, but I didn't know how to know him personally. But I felt him. I knew he was real. I knew God was doing something. You understand me? And I remember that one day when I just had enough. That one day. And I called my mom. My mom and I weren't getting together. I'd been kicked out of the house, all that stuff. And that one moment, I said, Mama. And we started fighting on the phone, and I hung up on her. I said, you old bag of dirt, you. And And I was like, this is my problem. I'm so full of pride. I have my own opinion. I can't listen to anybody. I'm telling you. And I picked up the phone and said, Mama. She hadn't heard that in a long time. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I said, you know that guy that's been hanging around Pam? You know, Jacob Aranza? You think you can get him to talk to me? She goes, stay right where you are. I'm coming to pick you up. She wasn't taking any chances. She came, picked me up, brought me to her house. Pastor Jacob walked into the room. And he just said, so you're Baba. And see, before that, my sister, she said, he asked her, who's the one person in your family you think will never get saved or give their life for? That Jacob, he goes, my, bro, my, pastor, my brother, Baba, there's no way. God heard that. See, no one knew what was going on behind the scenes. How many you know God works behind the scenes? See, before you got here this morning, God was working behind the scenes. For some of you to make it to church this morning was a miracle. The fighting you were have, the kids. Oh God, we gotta bring the kids. We always mess up and we can't even enjoy. I know. I have six. You know the incredible thing is? That day I gave my life to Jesus and I got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And the rest is just God. One day, one moment. You know who's preaching in Jenny's this morning? My pastor, Pastor Jacob. And my little girl, and my, my little girl is in love with Pastor Jacob, Olivia. She makes cards. And you know what? Luke and Livy, my two youngest one, they're sitting in the front row before I left because I watched Tracy introducing at the first service. I can't wait for Pastor Jacob to come. That's what, that was way different than what I told my sister. If you bring that guy around here, I'll break his face. Because let me tell you something. Look at me. I want to tell you something. One day can make the biggest difference in your entire life. Because one day, in one moment, can change your destiny. Because I believe this, that all of us want truth. How many of you want truth? You see, this is the way God works. Hear, hear me out, guys. And I'm going to be done, I promise. God works. You learn truth one or two ways. Either through revelation your eyes get open or through the tribulation you walk through. Amen. And most of us don't get the revelation. Most of us got to go through the tribulation to get the revelation. Amen. And then the second thing you do is that you, you learn, you get relationships. Can I just say something? Jamie's one of my favorite people in the whole world. Cause you know why? Let me tell you about him. He's not just big. If I go into battle, he's in front of me. And he's the kind of guy, I'll take it for you, Pastor. But you know why I love Jamie? Because he's a faithful man. He's a good man. He's not a man of words. We have too many men that just have words today in our society. He's a man of action. If you look up the word man in Google... All it says is just, it'll say, you know, fighting with women or trying to find their place. A real man is a man that takes action. That's why I love your pastor. He's a man of action. God is a God of action. He's not just words. Because you know what? Disciples, he spoke to them when they came back. The Bible says, I was reading it this morning. He rebuked them for not believing that he was coming back. 
First thing he did, he goes, guys, what the heck? I told you. Well, you died. Had to go back beyond their own thinking. See, God builds relationally, revelationally, relationally, and he builds generationally. What you do today really matters for your children and your children's children. You understand? I'm a grandpa now, six times over. My second son has a little girl. Her name's Avery, and she loves me, and I'm loving it. Little Zach's girl, she just like forgets me. I go, I'm going to pick on Avery a little bit. I'm going to love on Avery. She was at the Christmas parade last night. I was driving the truck with the float. And she, I could see her. She had a little hat on. I go, Avery. And she knows the way I say Avery. Avery. She calls me Papa. She goes, Papa, Papa. And we have a cat. And I love it where she calls a cat. And our cat's name's Goatee. And I don't like cats. But I love the way she calls. She goes, Goatee, Tee. Goatee, Tee, Go. Go Titi to go. You know, she's little. And I go, and I saw her go, where's Go Titi? And she goes, Go Titi, go. I just love the way she says it. But you know what she did? She heard my voice. There was all this crowd. And she heard my voice. And she looked at me. She went, Papa. I didn't hear it. I'm hard of hearing, but I could see her mouth. She goes, Papa. You know what I've learned? serve God long enough and you give him that moment, you'll see your children and your children's children serve the Lord. Are you hearing me? That one moment. See, we all need help. Say, we all need help. We all need help. Some of you guys, the first time I ever admitted that, Pastor, I need help. But we all need help. Look at your name and say, aren't you glad that he's your help? Romans says it like this. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. You know, some of you, you've got, you've got to hear this. You're in a weary world right now. You're in a weary world. I'm telling you, there's a thrill of hope that will make your weary world rejoice. What do you mean, Pastor? There's, there's a new and glorious morning that's coming. It's a new day in Christ that brings exactly what you need. He brings us the hope to keep going. And he brings help you've been seeking. Amen. This is your day. This is your day. And this is the place you can you you complete. You know what? You completely hope in Jesus this morning. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. It's a light. It pierces through the darkness. It pierces through our motivations. It pierces through what we think. And sometimes, Lord, we have we have the wrong kind of thinking. Sometimes we have stinking thinking. We we it's like we allow things again on us that cause us to think that you can't help us, or that you just won't show up, or that you're faithful for other people, but that's for them. It just doesn't work out that way with me. And Lord, I just pray in your name, Jesus, right now, you would open up eyes, you would open up hearts. You would open up spirits and souls of people this morning to receive, God, what you've been speaking to them. See, God's been trying to pierce through that darkness to speak to you. It may seem like a storm, but that light is piercing the storm. He's trying to reach you. He's trying to speak to you. The Holy Spirit is very sensitive and he'll come, you know, begin to deal and speak and woo us. That's his job. That's what he does. And we just need to be, we just need to sometimes just wave that flag of surrender and say, God, here I am. I surrender. I surrender. I lay down my pride. I lay down what I think. 
I just need you. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not at a place that you know that you don't you really don't need to be and you need to give your life to Jesus. That that word is called salvation, that you that God saves you from yourself because you've done your best. And look where it's brought you to where you are today. And he just wants to come and visit you and not just visit you, but stay with you and love you and empower you with what you can what you can't do yourself. That's called grace. Giving the power that you can't, you can't, you can't do it on your own. So he gives you supernatural power to be an overcomer in him. No one looking around and no one just, I just want to pray. If that's you, you say, Pastor Bubba, that's me. I need to totally trust Jesus a hundred percent because I haven't given him my whole heart, my whole life. And this morning I want all of God. So that I know that means that I got to be willing to give all of me. If that's you, just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Put it down. Put it down. Thank you. Many, many people in this room. Maybe you prayed that prayer before, but you're not at the place that you know you've allowed what I shared this morning. You've allowed the cares of this weary world to get in. And so I want you to pray this prayer and say, Lord Jesus, everybody just join with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come just like I am. I've allowed circumstances. I've allowed sin. I've allowed selfishness. I've allowed me first to get in the way of what you want to do in my heart. Today, I surrender. I give you all my life, all my heart. Not something I have to work for. It's something I have to trust in. And I trust you today to do a complete work in me. Forgive me. Wash me with your blood like Pastor Jamie shared. Wash me. Wash me. Wash me with the blood of Jesus. That I could be free. Forgiven. And empowered. By you. Say this with me. If you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me with yourself. I'm tired of being filled with me. I'm tired of being filled with worry and anxiety. Fill me. Fill me with your spirit. I ask it right now. In Jesus name.